When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily. Available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, and we welcome in, also from ESPN, he covers the Packers, Rob Domofsky. What's going on, Rob? How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Um, Then Wisconsin, can you hear the screams and cheers of Packers fans when they just read that Matt Patricia is coming back for the 2020 season? (laughs) It's sort of like, Matthew, when... uh... Jay Cutler, you know, kept coming back to the Bears. Like, you know, th- there were no more sad fans when the Bears got rid of Jay Cutler than than Packers fans. But, hey, look, the Lions, believe it or not, have actually given the Packers trouble the last couple of years. Now, granted, they were weird situations. I mean, in 17 over in Detroit, Rodgers didn't play in the season finale, and they were already out of it. Um, last year, uh, you know, I I think it was last year the season finale was a meaningless game because McCarthy had already been fired. Um, but Detroit's actually had more, a little bit more success in Green Bay, not overall the whole season, but, but, but against the Packers. So, you know, it's one of those jobs that I thought there was a little better than 50-50 chance it might open, and obviously now it's not. So you're coming up here next week. The division will not be decided next week. It comes down to potentially week 17 when the team you're talking about, the Lions, uh, come to Green Bay. And I don't believe after what we saw Sunday, three touchdowns by Jameis Winston, 314 yards of offense in the first 20 minutes, that it's going to be out of hand here whatsoever for the Packers. I think that they're the NFC North champions. They get that first round bye, et cetera, et cetera. When you look at the type of playoff team this team has a chance to be. What's their ceiling? Because I know that there's so much flack toward thrown Rogers' way, and a lot of it's people who don't understand yeah. what this offense is built on now. Uh, and just looking at like, oh, he has his lowest QBR of his career. He must suck. That's right. clearly not it. But washed. He's t- washed. Tell Rob. me, tell me what the ceiling. We'll just start out before we even get into the Vikings game. What is the ceiling for this team in the playoffs? I, I would say, Courtney, that you know they would have a hard time winning against San Francisco or New Orleans and possibly Seattle. Now, the only uh, real hard evidence we have of that is uh, the game at San Francisco. The Packers went out there nine and one. Everybody thought oh, this was going to be uh, you know, the top two teams in the NFC, 
and the Packers got rolled 37 to eight. A little bit. It was really the same formula that they got beat uh, by the Chargers. The common denominator in both of those was that the four-man rush just destroyed the Packers uh, and got Rod, got to Rodgers big time. And they haven't played great since then. I mean, you mentioned the, the game, you know, the three-touchdown game the other day uh, beating the Bears. I mean, that's sort of – they sort of stumbled through uh, these last three weeks. They've won them all. But their last five drives, Courtney, they went three and out. In, in, in the game uh, here against the Bears, and, and the Bears almost lateraled their way to a game-tying touchdown. So while Rodgers and the offense remain, I, I think, a work in progress, and Rodgers hasn't been dominant, I do think they're a team that can get to the second weekend of the playoffs. I'm, if the game's not here on, on the second weekend, you know, which would mean that they wouldn't have gotten one of the top two seeds, they'd be the three seed. I think that there's no way they win at New Orleans. I don't think there's any way they win at Seattle or San Francisco. Now, maybe if one of those teams comes here, maybe they have a chance. Talking with uh, ESPN NFL Nation Packers reporter Rob Domofsky. So tell me, Rob, what is the biggest thing that is different from the Packers team that you see now from the Packers team that beat the Vikings in Week 2? The defense is worse. I mean, the, the first couple of weeks... They, they played great on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they, sh- they basically shut the Bears down in week one. Uh, their pass rush was unbelievable. Uh, week two, Jair Alexander and Kevin King just did an unbelievable job on Diggs and Thielen. Um, you know, Diggs had only the one catch and it was a touchdown late. Um, Thielen was pretty, was held in check and still think he caught seven passes, but the yardage was manageable. They're not, they're not playing quite like that right now uh, on defense, Matthew. They're, they're giving up the explosive play. I mean, it, they're, they're, they're giving up the big play like crazy. Uh, now, the one thing they are doing is they're still getting pressure on the quarterback. They're still taking the ball away, and their red zone defense is still really good. And that's what's saving them. But, they're giving, but their yardage numbers, uh, third down's not great. Um, you know, they're giving up big yardage, but they are – buckling down when they have to. What does this team remind you more of? Do you look at them and say, hey, okay, mediocre season, they can still turn it on in the playoffs. Are they more like that 2010 team that went on and, you know, they're 10-6, and six, second in the division, go on and win the Super Bowl, or yeah. are they that 15-1 and 11, 15 and 1 team from 2011? In 11. Yeah, they're not as talented, Courtney, as either one of those teams because those teams had – Incredible weapons. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, uh, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, uh, a, a, a tight end, and Jermichael Finley, who, who was tough to cover. James Jones, uh, Randall Cobb was there in eleven. He was a rookie in eleven. Donald Driver was even still somewhat productive. They, they, you know, they just don't have. They, they, don't, they have Aaron Jones and they have Devontae Adams, and that's it. Uh, I mean, that's that's really all they have on offense. Now that said. It would be more like the 2010 team, who was eight and six with two games to go, uh, kind of scuffling along. Now Rodgers did have a concussion uh, that that forced him to miss basically a game in three quarters against Detroit and and New England before he came back for the for the final two, and they snuck into the playoffs and and then they started making plays in the playoffs and and, and the plays that they made people forget about. I mean Rodgers was unbelievable in that playoff stretch. But people forget that they had big interceptions in every one of those playoff games, including a, a, a pick six in the Super Bowl game by Nick Collins. 
but but that's the one thing this team does do is they take the ball away. Uh, if I remember right, Tremont Williams had a big pick to seal the wild card win in Philadelphia. Um, the next week, uh, somebody had a big pick in the end zone uh, to save a touchdown at Atlanta. And then in the NFC Championship game, I think Sam Shields had one and B.J. Raji had one. So th- this team reminds me a little bit of that from a defensive standpoint, but, but from an offensive standpoint in terms of weapons, it reminds me of neither of those teams. Talking with Rob Domowski, covers the Packers for ESPN. Uh, so let's discuss Aaron Rodgers a little more in depth here. because Is he the um, problem? <clears throat> well, I mean, That's I, what I, I want to know. I, I've been joking all year long that he's, <laughs> that he's washed because that's sort of the internet you know, joke about Aaron Rodgers. But yeah. this is just not the same guy when you look at whatever metric you want to look at. He's not scoring the same yeah. PFF grades. It's not the same yards per attempt that he used to have even a few years ago. And it's easier to pass in today's game than it even was five, six, seven years ago. So what is Aaron yeah. Rodgers now? I mean, he, is he a guy who can carry them to victory every given week, but you shouldn't rely on that? Or is he just completely washed? <laughs> Uh, he's definitely not completely washed, um, and you can take those PFF grades and sh- flush them right down the Bemis as far as I'm concerned because I've never thought those things were worth a, worth a damn. Um, I remember they graded Rodgers like terrible after like a four-touchdown, no-interception game, but um, let me move on from my rant on that. Um, the, uh, the, the, the thing with Rodgers is that they're, they're having a hard time finding ways to match what he does best to what Matt LaFleur's offense is supposed to be. And, and I think that was sort of the, the, the thing we wondered all off season, and it mas- manifested itself in how are they going to audible, you know, because this offense doesn't have a lot of audibles. Well, it seems like they've, they've solved that, but there's still times where this offense really looks like Matt LaFleur's offense, and then there's times that it looks like the old offense. And I still think there's a, a give-and-take battle happening there. I don't think Rodgers is willing to throw the ball into tight windows. Even le- He never has, really, because he doesn't want to turn it over. But he's less willing to do that because he doesn't have guys outside of Devontae Adams that he trusts. And he's not going to put the ball in harm's way. Matt LaFleur's biggest uh, emphasis was the ball. I mean, his first team meeting, he talked about the ball, taking care of the ball, and taking the ball away. And, and that's a good marriage with Rodgers because Rodgers doesn't turn it over. But but sometimes it's to his detriment in terms of not making big plays that might be there to make because he's afraid of turning it over. And the other thing I would knock on him is he just he still, and this is part of carryover from the old offense, he still refuses to take the check down or the easy dump off when it's there. Um, I do not think that his skills have diminished. I don't think that his arm has, his legs haven't. He still can run. Uh, I, I just think that he doesn't trust the weapons around him, and he's still feeling his way through the system trying to figure out how he can play, how he wants to play, and how LaFleur wants to play at the same time. Well, this feels predictable, doesn't it? When they go out and spend all that money on defense and free agency, and then yeah. the way that they addressed uh, the weapons around Aaron Rodgers yeah. was, was right. not what he wanted. So w- with that in mind, and knowing that this is what they have, this is what they need to do to win XYZ, um, who needs to have the bigger outing? Down the down the stretch here, and really, let's just skip ahead to the playoffs. Who who does he need to rely on more in the playoffs? Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones? Well, they've been at their best when Jones has been involved, Courtney. But from 
not just a running standpoint, but in the passing game. I mean, and, and that's LaFleur's offense. That's getting the backs of the ball, you know, out in the flat. That's splitting Jones out in the slot, putting him out wide, which they've done before. Um, you know, they played their best football when Devontae Adams was out for those four games with the turf toe injury. Now, I would never suggest that they're better without Devontae Adams because I still think he's an elite receiver. But they haven't been able really to find a way to get both of them going at the same time since maybe that Vikings game when both had big games. Um, so I would say at this point, Jones is more important. There are people who think that the Packers need to somehow involve someone other than those two guys. They need to find other weapons. But when Rodgers is asked about that, he continues to say, we just need to get the ball more to our playmakers. So I, that tells me that he wants to rely on those two guys. And, and again, going back to the trust factor of just not having uh, you know other guys that, that he relies on. And, and to your point, Courtney, about spending in the offseason all the resources on defense, they had to. I mean, they were so bad defensively, um, and, and they had to. But at their the expense was they really didn't add any anybody on the offensive side of the ball. So um, you know that'll be a key this offseason. I, I you know I think they probably looked at it as a two year building project, and the fact that they're eleven and three right now without adding much on offense, you know, probably means they're ahead of the game. Rob, uh, last thing for you, Aaron Rodgers in U.S. Bank Stadium. It hasn't been super friendly to him. Uh, he got hurt real bad no. once. Uh, he lost the first game against the Vikings, against Sam Bradford, who had just yeah. arrived like 10 days before at U.S. Bank Stadium. It just, uh, and even last year, Sheldon Richardson hit him a bunch of times real hard. Um, so yeah. as he comes to U.S. Bank Stadium next Monday, is it something about this building? Is it the Mike Zimmer defense? Like, what is given him so much trouble about U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, they haven't won there. Um, nobody here has won. Nobody on this team has won in that stadium as a member of the Packers. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's, first of all, it's always been a, uh, a great home field advantage when Minnesota has played in an indoor stadium. Uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the Packers won twice at TFC, at, at the U, right? I mean, if I think both those games, the Packers won there. But but I can remember going back to the Holmgren days about you know, but they could never win at the Metrodome. You know, it just it was just so hard. The noise, the the fans, the atmosphere. But in this case, I just think it's the really good defense that that Minnesota has seemingly always had for Rodgers. And Rodgers has talked about you know the Zimmer system. You know, even before that, and how much trouble it gave him uh, when he was in Cincinnati. I think they only obviously played him twice, but. If I'm not mistaken, he was 0-2 against Zimmer when Zimmer was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. So it's a it's a system that you know is is obviously really good, but the players are outstanding at every level of that defense. I remember looking last year, you know, at comparing the Packers defense to the Vikings, and the and the Packers had basically had no playmakers at every at any level of the defense, and the Vikings had playmakers at every one of them. And going back to Courtney's point about you know what they had to address. I think they looked at that defense and said, you know, this is where we need to make gains. And I think that's ultimately what's been the deciding factor 
in those games over there at U.S. Bank. All right. Well, I, I think that's a, a, a great breakdown. And still, even though the Vikings passing defense is not as good as it has been in the past, still the case that you're going to face Harrison Smith, which seems to give, uh, who seems to give Aaron Rodgers yes. fits, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin. It's still the same guys. And even, even Rob just checking down to Aaron Jones becomes pretty difficult when the Vikings have Eric Hendricks playing the way he is. Um, so I think this still be, will be a very tough matchup. And I, Rob, I'm going to pick the Vikings because of the home field advantage. I think um, if this game was in Lambeau, I might not. But I feel like the Vikings are playing some of their best football now, whereas the Packers are kind of grinding to the end. I'm with you on that. I'm leaning toward um, picking the Vikings as well. And, you know, I mean, the Vikings certainly don't want to see the Packers, uh, you know, win the division on their home field, right? I mean, because, you know, that that would be the ultimate insult. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm at this point leaning toward Minnesota as well, and I think these teams are on a on a course for both being what that would both finishing twelve and four, and possibly having a rematch in a three six playoff game. Oh man, I can't wait to drive down there and then drive back through the corn and try not to hit deer on the way back home after the game. It's always a wonderful. We won't have fog at that time of year trip. though. Like we no, that's true. Do well, we the... could have ice snow, so that'll be great. At least you uh, can see. As, as opposed to going to say New Orleans in January. Uh, anyway, uh, I won't complain. But press box food in Green Bay is elite. So um, make sure you follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Domowski. Rob, always great to catch up with you, man. Great stuff. All right, guys. We'll see you Monday night. Yep. Thanks, yes, Rob. we will. Monday night feels like it is forever away. It's kind of weird when it's a, six days when away. you're the Monday. Forever, I said. Uh, real, just real quick, because you know me. Um, that PFF grade, that one game in 2015 that everyone is latched onto, is the like one, the four touchdowns. Zero he threw five touchdowns against KC, and they gave him a pretty average grade. What was it? Uh, it was 67. Now he's still Aaron Rodgers over his career has either been one, two, three, or four. In their PFF grading through his entire prime from 2009 until 2014 and then again in 2016, he was either one, two, three, or four almost every one of those years. So, like, they still say Aaron Rodgers is good. Saying that that game, like, debunks all PFF grades is like saying, oh, it's hotter than usual today. I guess uh, climate change isn't real or whatever. Or colder than usual, climate change isn't real. Like, okay. What, right. um, anyway, what, the, I just, I had to say okay, that. Okay, that's, that's but, fair. But uh, aside from that. Um, what was the outrage, though? I mean, was there, did they speak he, speak about it publicly? Did anybody get no, like, up in arms a, about a it? A bunch of people got upset because he threw five touchdowns and they didn't give him like a 90 grade. Yeah. It was a blowout well, wh- game. Why did he have such a bad grade? Oh, it, well, it's, a, it's really, per attempt it's really, what was it? It's an average game is 67. And I think the reason was because Kansas City at that time had a horrific defense and a lot of the throws, especially the touchdowns, were wide open. Mm-hmm. And if you make an easy wide open throw, you don't get huge mega bonus points from PFF. If you make a great throw, then you do. So the next week they beat San Francisco and he had an 88 grade, but only threw one touchdown because this is real football and not fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just to, to put that aside. I, it's something that gets brought up a lot. I'm like, but check the rest of his grades. Like they always say that Aaron Rodgers is good. Okay. PFF is not. But anyway, it, put that aside. Uh, so you enticed me on your internet website, which is ESPN.com, with the headline about the off season, And it should be against the rules, but I'll break the rules because it's my show. Uh, so you wrote the biggest need for the Vikings, potentially. I did. Please. 
Please uh, tell us. Oh, wait. So I'm actually like, you told me I ruined the tease earlier. Yeah, so you're you actually did. giving me per- permission now to speak. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so you could have looked at this in a number of different different areas that need to be fixed. Like, what are they going to spend the offseason doing? Well, honestly, the next few weeks and even what happens in January, if it's a 40-point blowout loss in the playoffs, might change what their prerogative is going to be. What's priority number one? So I took the safe route and said cap concerns or cap space. I don't know. We had to pick two words and describe it. I don't What did I say? I wrote this like yesterday. I was on cap the, decisions, cap decisions, you said. So... The cap goes up between like 189 and 201 million, somewhere roughly there. Was it 188.2 this year? Um, more money for a team that's currently 4.8 million dollars over the cap projected wise in 2020. It's a good sign, but they still have so many tough financial decisions and ones that we can even talk about today. First two, you think of Kirk Cousins extension, Dalvin Cook extension. Well, as somebody asked, I think both of us on Twitter not that long ago, is Dalvin going to start getting the injury-prone label because he potentially is what Adam Schefter said on Monday Night Football last night. I saw circulating. It sounded more opinion than, like, this is what's happening. But it is the wise opinion to sit him for these final two games. You'd rather not have him if you you can lock up a playoff bid, either the Rams giving you an early Christmas present or if you take care of business at home where you don't lose games um, and you have Alexander Madison back potentially. Sit him instead of losing him in the first quarter in New Orleans. Smart decision. But with that said, circling back to the original point, is that going to hurt him in contract negotiations? Is a team going to say, well, look, you're injury or prone. You have not played a full 16-game regular season schedule since you've been here. We don't want to give you $14, $15 million a year on yep. average, the the highest to make you like the highest paid running back. So that, to me, once the season ends, because the day that the season ends, his contract expires pretty much. I mean, he can go ahead and start looking to get the extension going into year four because he was a second-round pick. So those are the two things that I look at in January as the biggest uh, prerogative for them in the offseason as it stands right now. But it's also, when you're thinking about this in the cornerbacks and, and how bad this past defense has been, now that you know what your priorities are going to be, assuming, you know, I'm Rob Brzezinski and I'm looking at, you know, just the way all these numbers are going to work. Do I want to keep Trey Waynes? Do I want to try to keep him over Mackenzie Alexander? Because that's you know, a no. Well, you look at the play on the outside. That's probably more of a liability right now than it is at nickel. So maybe you can go... F- I had this argument with somebody recently. Like, I don't think you can just go find another nickel. It's not exactly the easy position to play. I agree. Um, and I personally would not pay for Waynes when I think he's been very average this year and keep McKenzie and give him, you know, a respectable eight, nine million dollar a year extension to play nickel since he was a second round pick. But you have those two decisions. And then beyond that, it's Riley Reef. Are you going to want to keep him around in 2020 or let him go? And, and he's making a case for it. He is. And Everson Griffin, probably not here next year. Kyle Rudolph, what's his deal beyond this season? Because you know they could probably restructure his deal as well. Um Xavier Rhodes. In or out. I mean, there's so many financial decisions. Like for a team that appeared to have handicapped itself with in free agency because of the Kirk Cousins contract, they're now gonna. Ha- they might have a very busy off season with their own guys alone. Like just the, the makeup of this roster, because they could still think that they're in a Super Bowl window next year, and they very easily could be. But financially, what's what's the cost of that? Who has to go in order for that to to stay? Uh, to stay relevant, but also who has to come in? Like, how are they going? Like, what are the what is the number one priority in the draft? I mean, right now you could say it's going to be a corner. 
But if you end up letting Riley Reef go, are you drafting left tackle first over like your first round pick? I don't yeah, know. All of a sudden, uh, and I, again, this is a long way away, but as we're here with a big sample size now of seeing how these guys have played, it, it does become a situation where you have kind of more spots that you're going to need to fill than money and draft picks to fill them. And that's assuming that you're keeping Kirk Cousins and signing him to a contract extension and not drafting a quarterback in the first round, which is still on the table, though I think that they will try to sign Cousins to an extension, but that doesn't mean that he's going to sign it yeah. because he could decide to do good, the same thing he did last time. He's got good leverage right now. Exactly. He's got yeah. great leverage at this moment. Um, so maybe he will or maybe he won't. Those are the two, though, that you named first with Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook that matter the most and are the most interesting to me. The Delvin one with this injury becomes much tougher for the Vikings. because It's his other shoulder, too. I mean, he has two bad shoulders now. If you had asked in Week 10... I think 100 out of 100 people would have said, oh, yeah, sign the guy up. But once you see him get hurt twice in such a short time span, and all of a sudden that yards per carry has gone from over well over five to so like four three, and a half. It's like 3.9 right now. It, it's it's four and a half now for the whole season, and over the last like last five, five weeks, games, like it's like three and a half. Yeah, it's, and he hasn't topped. Like his, he's averaging like, what, 40, 50 yards a game the last five games? I mean, really ever since he got hurt against... Uh, the Broncos. Right. And so we're having the same conversation that we've had before, but they also love him. And he's also really super good at football when he's 100% healthy. Um, so that's going to be, to me, top of the list. And the rest will fall into place uh, with Riley Reef. It's could you really expect uh, even a first round left tackle to face some of the players you're going to face on defense on a regular basis in the NFC? Mm-hmm. You're going to play Khalil Mack twice. You're going to play Zadarius Smith twice. And you're going to take a veteran tackle out and put in a rookie, that's a pretty tough ask. you know. So they will have a lot to juggle in the offseason. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Alex Boone's going to join us, and we are going to discuss Daniil Hunter's case for defensive MVP. I made it at our website, scorenorth.com. Make sure you go check that out. We'll be right back, and the three of us will discuss. Here you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 